All right, what's up, everybody? This is Uncle Randy and my man Vince with Throwing Smoke. Yes, sir. Finally back with you. We're going to discuss a few things tonight. I'm going to fill you in and give you a little outline of what you can expect. We're going to talk a little bit about the Rona, goddamn hell. We're going to talk about it, how it affects MMA. We're going to talk about UFC 248. we got to go back, talk about our picks, what happened. Then we're going to jump into UFC 249, talk about that as, from the fan experience. What we expect as fans, me and Vince, we're not professionals. We just love this shit. So we're here yes, to sir. talk about it and give you our perspective. Then we're going to finish off with a new segment called Vince's What the Fuck. What the fuck? And he's going to let us know what that means tonight. So let's dive right into it, man. What's up with the yes. Rona, man? What's going on? Yeah, I don't know. I can't, I can't make heads or tails of it, man. It's an interesting time, to say the least. I'm just uh, following instructions and trying to be professional with my real estate. Trying to be professional and courteous with uh, with the healthcare workers that are out there. I'm doing it for them, man. I'm, I'm I'm doing it. I'm doing it for the economy, and I'm doing it for those that I know they're in the healthcare industry because they're they're asking me to. So that's enough for me to uh, sit back, relax, check everything out, look for some opportunity out there, um, restructure my business, and uh, make the most of this time that we have. I think it's an interesting time, and if uh, if you're not doing that, then you know, you're one of them bitches who are always complaining about shit on Twitter. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to do my uh, my shot here. Like you said, to the healthcare workers, professionals that are out there um, kicking ass, do this for them. There it is. Ah, that's for them. Uh, like, and I agree with you. Here's the, here's the deal for Uncle Randy. Goddamn, I'm going to keep it straight. Hell, I can't make heads or tail of it either. I'm not going to like jump in people want to equate this shit to politics has nothing to do with politics anything like that um hell i don't know if i've ever had it or gonna get it and i don't give a shit i'm gonna do what's required for my family to keep people safe because i want to do that not because the government's telling me to like i'm not a big fan of government making me do shit i just never have been so i think people should do it from the goodness of their heart and from the places that you say to help your fellow humans not just because you're finally being told not to go to a fucking bar that you should have known don't go to when we got some shit spreading around yeah this is uh i'll admit i think uh, for a while there i was one of those persons who was like what the fuck you talking about i can't go to a bar like uh, i'm gonna be okay i can get it i'm gonna get over it i'm not worried right and then people were challenging me and saying well it's not about you it's about the other people that you come in contact with who, who have elderly or those with these type of underlying conditions um, and, and they might get infected and not handle it well. And I was saying, well, shit, then those people shouldn't come out to the bar. Don't fuck with my freedoms. If you got somebody at home that needs to, uh, that you're concerned for, then, then I get it. Then you sit your ass home. But, you know, as we're getting more and more information and we're seeing how this thing is developing and really, um, um, you know, my friends in San Diego who who are on the front lines, who are, who are at Scripps Medical Center, and at first they were very cavalier about it. You know, no big deal. We're going to get through it. But they really took an about face and changed their tune and said, hey, do me a favor, stay home. We're just trying to, to, to slow this rush because it's getting crazy out there. And when they came at me with that, okay, you know, it's not about me. And and, and if they're saying it's something serious and they're on the front line, then, then I can listen to that. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, and everybody's always – that's. That's another thing, and we. This has been a thing of mine with with MMA people, uh, the people that you and I unite against. Is people that they can't open their mind enough to change their their stances. People that are just mind fucked and dug into one one idea, right. and they never are going to change. I can't fuck with those people. Look, I can be changed on any topic. Hell, I can be wrong. All, I'm wrong all the time, and I'm okay yep. with that. Yes, yeah, sir. But yeah, yeah, I think you have to be. So how do you think this is going to go with uh, MMA? I don't know. Did you watch the first uh, UFC with no fans? Yeah, I was cool with it. You know, um, listening to a couple of the fighters, they were cool with it too. I know uh, one or two of them were mad that they couldn't perform in front of their hometown, but uh kind of reminded me of Pride a little bit, right, where the audience is quiet and you get to hear a lot of things. But ultimately, what's most important for me is we get to watch high-level mixed martial arts. So whether there's a bunch of drunk fans doing the whoo, you know, every two minutes or, or cheering crazy if something happened, I'm okay without it. As long as I get to watch high-level mixed martial arts technique, I'm good. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I agree 100%. And I actually kind of 
in some ways enjoyed it. It made me, it took me back to like a lot of the smokers that we would have at our gyms where, you know, it felt like the early ultimate fighter to me. Like, and I dig that vibe. Like that, that makes it an extra layer mentally for the fighters. Like you can't just get piggybacked. Hey, come on, buddy. You want to come give me a kiss? My son's going to bed. Come give me a kiss. Give your son a kiss. Yes, sir. Love you, buddy. Sleep good. But yeah, like I was saying, like, you know, not having that momentum that sometimes the crowd can lift and, and give a fighter is an advantage that uh, I enjoyed seeing that being taken away. Yeah, the contender series seems to be doing very well, right? And that's shot in, in, in a, an arena with very few people there, and that's had a ton of traction. I don't think it's a massive, it's a massive deal. Look, man, we're in crazy times. If they need to change up the formula a little bit to give us the product, I'm okay with that. This is unprecedented. Yeah, and you can't you can't let Khabib and Tony fall through again. I mean, Dana's no. not going to let, but it can't no. fall through a fifth time. I mean, this is like I this hope is not. the fifth time, right? Like that. that this is the fifth booking, yes, sir. <laughs> it can't, and I think Man, Dana is crazy. with us. Like this isn't going to fall through. So I, I'm, I'm sure you've seen some of the maybe uh, yeah late last week the media pushback that Dana's greedy and and Dana you know it's dollar over health and all of X Y and Z. But I liked his response. He has a, a business to operate, and for me, the economy is the most important. It's what's going to have the greatest impact on the greatest amount of people is the economy. And he's like, "You guys don't have payroll to make. You don't support families. You don't shut the fuck up." And I'm on board with him in that. If they can find a way to adhere to all the health guidelines and protocols and do it, quote unquote, safely, I'm all for it. And yeah, fuck those sorry ass journalists who just need to write something to get people to click. We're calling them out on it. Oh, I agree 100%. And listen, all the fighters are, are saying, let us fight. I need to make money. Right? They don't want to not fight. So I right? don't want to hear that shit from pansy-ass journalists that don't know mm -hmm. what it's like. This is how these guys make their money. And a lot yeah. of these guys don't make the money that they think they do. And if they yeah. only get two or three opportunities to make their nut for the year, you can't have it canceled on them. And if a guy's willing to risk not only injury, even death, you know, he might be willing to, to expose himself to coronavirus yeah. to provide yeah. for his family. And I can't yeah. I can't say that's dumb and I can't bash Dana about it. I think he's 100 percent right. Yeah, I'm on board with that for sure. And then there's another opportunity here, right? All other sports are canceled. Nothing else is on. If they pull this off, think about those fighters who do fight and the exposure that they'll get. Yes. It's another reason. Like, all eyes are on one live event, whether they like fighting or not. A lot of people, a lot more people are going to tune in, especially if it's on ESPN or, or maybe the plus, whatever. Yeah. But a lot more people, the opportunity to be seen by a lot more people and to develop your brand and build, you know, build your future. It's all there. And yeah, so there's a little coronavirus scare. You'll be okay. Yeah, no, I mean, shit. You know, I, mean, I hate to compare it because I know coronavirus is deadly, but so is staff, man. And anybody that's been in the jujitsu game and shit, you know that shit's real. Hell, Kevin Randleman had a hole through his chest from staff infection that nearly yep. killed him. You know, I've yep. got friends that almost had their legs amputated from staff from MRSA that was right above their knee. You know, yes, shit's sir. deadly and kind of part of it. You know, I don't, I think they're going to be safe and they'll be fine. It's too big of a of a company to not do their checks and balances, but these guys want to fight. You got to let them fight. Yeah. Hey, quick question, Uncle Randy. How's Tom Hanks doing? Hell, I don't know. Did, he seems did like he die or something? Is, is, yeah. is he okay? He got coronavirus. What's how's Tom? How's that Rudy Gobert guy? Dude. The, uh, the basketball player. Are, are they dying or are they living? That's what I'm saying. I don't have, I've been looking. I need one celebrity death, one politician death, one musician death. So I can get really, really behind this thing because if none of them are dying, but everybody's grandma is or aunt and shit like that, you know, I got to know what's going on. These And, and there's, yeah. it's, I want to be honest with everybody that listens to the podcast that life isn't fair. Money does talk. That's real. I hate to say, I don't say I support that, but that is life. And these folks that get tested and get their results in one day. They had no symptoms. But then my buddy goes and says, I need a test. I was exposed, I think. No, no, no test for you. Yeah, but that's the other guy, you know, these NBA players from the Utah Jazz, hell, they got money rolling out their tits. So, Yeah, I've learned about the uh, the hookup since my Navy days. 
It's nothing's fair. It's it's a hookup. Yeah, you. Yes. Some people are privileged. Some people are connected, and others aren't. And you're right. Life isn't fair. And I don't remember anybody ever promising us that it would be. They don't. It is what it is. And the the sooner younger people that are listening that you learn that in this life, your life will be exponentially better. You can't use that advice to fight any kind of a battle because it's never fair. Life is not yeah. fair, and it can't. Yeah, be. I. I I posted on my Facebook um, very simply. Um, let me see if I can find it. I don't, I don't want to misquote myself, yeah. but I said something to the effect that, um, you know, how you handle this stay at home order in the coronavirus will tell me everything I need to know about you. Yeah. You know, uh, some people want to point at all the bad. Oh, I can't do this anymore. I can't do that anymore. Things are, it's terrible. Like, it's not that bad. You need to adjust. Stop being a little bitch. Oh, for sure. I mean, if you can't find uh, something good and staying at home with your, you know, if you're married with your spouse, if, if you're that miserable, hell, your marriage is probably in the shitter in the first place. And which if that happens. Hell, half of them in. Hell, I've been fine. Me, I said me and my wife talked about it at night. Hell, we're very lucky and blessed that this has been it's fucking easy for us. I mean, the only thing I hate is not being able to go to my gym and I can't go. Right. That's fine. Right. I have to lift weights here. Right. You figure out a way. I mean, shit, you know, it'll be all right. Everything will be fine. But people are putting undue anxiety on themselves right? because of, and it drives me nuts about our fucking media, but man, they love to make people scared and people want, I'm convinced they want to be scared. I was just going to say that, Uncle Randy. I think people want to be scared. People are always looking for something to be anxious about, triggered by fucking, it's like, stop it, man. Like for, for real, like I anytime people keep asking me about this coronavirus and I say this, I'm looking at the opportunity. I'm looking at um, which stocks are down, which index fund can I jump in? You know, this is when people really level up is we've been looking for this opportunity. I've been waiting for it. When is the market quote unquote going to crash? When are stocks going to come down? When are real estate prices going to come down? When are these opportunities going to happen? And holy shit, if we're not right in the middle of it. So if you're not, using this time at home that you have because the government's told you to sit the fuck down. If you can't figure out somewhere to put your money in this time, if you can't figure out uh, something to build, some DIY project around the house to do, then that's just on you, man. I, I don't know what to tell you. I see opportunity right now. I do too, man. Dude, I look every day. I mean, you can, people just look at Ford. Look at what you can buy in. Like, you need to pay attention to that shit. If you're managing your money, there's a thing people do that are wealthy or well-off and that's they look for opportunities, just like Vince just said. And if you're not, I mean, you're just missing the boat. You can't really gripe. Hell, we've all got the Internet at our access, so much information. There's no excuse not to do anything. No I'm excuse. With, yes, sir. You. Well, shit, well, let's no. jump to UFC 248. Let's talk about our, uh, our picks here. And the way that I did the math, mm. I think that we both went one, two, three, four. I think we both went four and one. Oh shit! You took uh, you cha- me and you both changed at the last minute on the Joanna yep. fight. Yeah, I had Joanna and I went to uh, Wheelie. You left Wheelie, went to Joanna. Yeah, and the only reason I'm bringing that fight up first because, in my opinion, it's one of my favorite fights I've ever seen. Well, well I know you weren't going to start with that main event. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, but that was no, a great that trap. Those two ladies, there was no loser really to me. Yeah, they got down, dude. Joanna's forehead. How about that? How about that? You know, I saw Russ, Russ, uh, Hasim Rahman when, when that happened oh, way back in the too. day. Fuck. Yeah, he, he had was nasty, that. Bro. That's why I learned the word hematoma. Yeah. Hematoma. Yeah, I was like, fuck. Did. Man, I never knew that word before, but I was saying it right away when I saw you on the same thing. Like, it's a hematoma. <laughs> Man, crazy, crazy. It's a, it's a sensitive area, you know, and, and unfortunate for her. I think that might have cost her the fight. I thought she won the fight. I don't have the scorecard in front of me. Yeah. I was scoring it round by round. I believe I, I know I had three rounds to two for her. I just thought she was doing the more volume, the more work. But, you know, that judging criteria, it, it talks about visible damage, and there's no disputing that no. visible damage. Even though it's, you know, three punches maybe in total that, that landed there, just the visible damage is so tremendous. I don't think anybody can give a close round to uh to way lee you know otherwise yeah no i'm i'm fine i would have been fine with it if they'd have called it yeah it was that close to me when i was scoring it i wouldn't have been mad either way uh like i said i don't think there's a real loser they fought man 
And then you see the two guys come out after and throw mm. up a turd burglar like that. It really chapped my ass. And not really mm. chapped my ass as in, like, I blame the fighters. It chapped my ass. I'm trying to speak from the, the fan side. So we, me and you both, like, it's weird because we can, at times I find myself talking out of the side where, you know, I trained for years, jiu-jitsu, you do jiu-jitsu. So I get lost in the middle. I'm trying to speak as the fan. That fight was very disappointing. But following, had I been watching those two women throw down in the back and then having to come out, I'd have been like, fuck, boy. That's hard to top. They beat each other's asses from start to finish. Yeah, it was a, it was a great fight. I, I replayed it here at the house when I had the family over for pizza last week and, and letting them know, you know, I think uh, we all have a recency bias and short-term memory yeah. where, where after a fight happens, it's the greatest ever. But... I think there's some value in what they're saying with this fight. Like these are two of the you know, closest mats, highest um, caliber female champion, prior champion, one who'd been on, you know, defended her about five times. This is as far as um, MMA has progressed already. And, and they demonstrated that. So yeah, I believe it might've been, it, it's, it's up there. I, I, Got a, I know Holly Holm versus Misha Tate was a great fight. Great fight. I, I really like. There, there are others as well, but that was a fucking amazing fight. Such heart, will, technique. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of both of them. You have to run it back. You think so? Not immediately. I'm just, just, just principally. I'm not necessarily a fan of the immediate run it back. Mm -hmm. um, I like the boxing model where uh, the fighters would go and fight another fight somewhere else. Maybe, you know, I know they do more tune-ups in, in boxing than the UFC, but they would go get another victory in there somewhere and then uh, come back yeah. and do it again. There are, you know, in the UFC, we have, there's other people in line. You, you stepped up, you wanna, it was her time. She had a shot. She didn't, she didn't get it. Next up, you know, you gotta, you gotta go back. You gotta let Rose get up in there or whoever else is coming up, you know? exactly right i mean we got rose coming up on the next card so we'll see how uh how she looks hell i mean she's coming back from getting slammed on her fucking head like nobody's business so i'm i'm interested to see what rose is like after she uh she comes back but Joanna, i think this was big for her because she's been inconsistent as of late she showed me everything i needed to see that she's i mean just a savage yeah, she took some hard punches, right? So, so okay, I remember I was a little disappointed in Ioana, seemed to be making all kinds of excuses, but I think she backed them up because she blamed a lot of her her uh, performance on her weight cut and not having it down right. And this time she did have it down right, and she took big shots, and she was still there. Um, so so I got to give her credit. I know I was talking shit the last time where I didn't believe all of her excuses, but I, I think she was being honest. And I think she had a good weight cut and she had a great performance. And, you know, going, going back to, to Rose, Rose says uh, her neck was a little bit hurt before that fight. And it actually feels better now that she's had time off and she was whooping Andrade's ass before she got spiked on the head. So I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking Rose to whoop uh, Whaley's ass. She's, I, I think Rose is just the best one. Yeah. When she's right. What I love about Rose is she's honest about her the <laughs> mental side of it and when she's yeah. not feeling it. Like she's straight up, she's a pretty open book. Yeah. And uh, you know, I dig that about her. So I'm hoping yeah. and damn, she is such a hottie. <laughs> Even if she shaves her head. That's so weird, but she can pull off the shaved head. It's very strange. Takes a special woman to be able to pull off the, the shaved head. No shit. But yeah, she's yeah, she's a badass. All right, so we got uh we both took Alex Oliveira. He uh, he was very impressive in his fight. Oh, oh yeah, Max Griffin. I was uh, I expected that. He is just God, when when Cowboy is on, and we're talking about the original Cowboy Oliveira. Yeah. That son of a bitch is a real cowboy. He rides bulls for real. All the bullshit. He is a straight up cowboy. Um, and he was great. And I loved the moment. I don't know if you saw it after the fight where he went out and signed. Uh, I think it was his hat or a feather. He took the feather mm. out of his hat and put it in Cowboy Cerrone's, who was in the store. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah I missed dope. that. I missed that. Yeah, so were you impressed by uh, Oliveira? Um, I don't remember. I, I thought, yeah, I don't remember. It, it, it doesn't stand out to me. I, I know that I thought Max was going to do more, um, but, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't remember the details of the fight enough where it left an impression on me. 
to be honest. Yeah, he didn't get uh, he didn't take much damage, um, and he usually is a guy that can take a lot of damage. Um, you know, definitely wasn't like the most uh, thrilling fight in the world, but you know, we both took Oliveira, so we'll both count that one in. Next one was uh, Magny. Um, mm. Like I figured, his he just has cardio for days, and he 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 needed a win. I told you, I said I thought his UFC career was on the line that he would be cut if he didn't win that fight. And he came through so with th- another decision. I think I got, I think maybe check your picks. I think I went with Lee. I, I think I thought he was coming up. He was on a roll and he was going to pull it out. So I, I think I got that one wrong. Hang on. You might because, because I've met Neil before and he's always kind of like, like fluttered, fustered, or fluttered. What's the word? He's kind of <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. He kind of, yeah. Flustered. He kind of fucked up when, when, uh, when he was on a win streak, he's always lost, won and lost, and just kind of missed that big show. And you I, did I take thought I took, Lee. yeah, you see, take I, I, I did take Lee. All right, I so thought Lee, Lee disappointed me because he kind of petered himself out. All right, so that is true. So Vince right now is three and two, Uncle Randy's four and one. So I am oh, in the shit. lead just for oh, shit. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, what about Darius? Did you, oh, yes. this fight? Yeah, man, he, he looked great, right? No he looked great. Yeah, he uh, he he got so he got cracked, and then he responded when he knows in a way that he knows he shouldn't, but it worked out for him. So that's a little scary, right? Because when you're battling yourself in there, when you when you're doing something you know you shouldn't be doing, but it worked out, that can be dangerous. And yeah, yeah, that was I clean. Was- as a fan, it's scared. You know, I hate that, but there's guys, it's the same way I do with Aaron Pico a lot in Bellator. Mm-hmm. Like he fights mm-hmm. and he's so good, but he'll get reckless. And that's when he gets KO'd, you know, and it's where he's willing Ugly. to get in a firefight <laughs> where you're like, dude, young man, just step back. Shoot something. Yeah. Wrestle for a second. Wrestle. You're too good for this shit, you know? And like, yeah, I know what you're saying about that moment with Dari. He is so good, though, man. When he puts it all together, he's a fucking beast, dude. Straight up. Yeah, I was, I was a fan. I was a fan. Good for him. Happy for him that he won. I, I, you know, Gracie Baja. Absolutely. Yes, sir. All right, so yes, sir. we're going to go to the main event. Uh, and I don't want to say anything else. I want to give you the floor to tell mm. me what you thought of the fight, how you would sum it up. Mm. How do I sum up the fight? Uh, I guess I, I got to put a little bit more on Yoel. Being the challenger, challenger got to go get that, right? Uh, I wouldn't have been mad if Israel Adesanya just stood in the middle of the ring while Yoel was standing there and just did that discount double check, you know, show them the belt. Like, I'm the champ. Come on, man. You got to come and get this. And uh, Yoel didn't. And that's squarely where I'm going to lay the blame if there is anything. Yoel didn't go get it. Izzy, um, you know, I've heard journalists say, you know, the W is most important. He got the W. He keeps his belt. He lives on a fight, another fight. Uh, I still think you need to be exciting. I, I don't think, okay, so Joanna lost that fight, so she got the L. But I'm ready to spend money to watch Joanna fight again way faster than I'm willing to spend the money to watch Israel Adesanya fight again based off that last fight. He shows me he's going to be concerned with his belt, and he's going to do what he needs to do to just keep it. Joanna showed me Joanna's always going forward when she's a champ, when she's the challenger all the time. So fuck what they're talking about. The W is the most important thing. I think being exciting is the most important thing. Justin Gaethje's always going to get my money. Joanna's going to get my money. Fighters are going to get my money. I'm still going to pay to see Israel fight, especially because he's, he's going up against Ohashinya next. Um, that should be an animal, and that's going to be interesting to watch. But Yoel gets my blame if anybody – um, you know, on to the next. All right. I'm agreeing with you on everything except for I don't put much blame on Yoel. I put some more than, you know, if I had to put a piece, but I don't like how Dana put it all on Yoel. Just oh, as a yeah. scapegoat to take care of his champion. I wish yeah. Dana would have come out and called it down the middle and just been like, these guys didn't, for some reason, they canceled each other out. The fight yeah. sucked ass. doesn't mean that the two fighters suck ass. I hate these fucking Twitter pussies that are like calling Yoel a pussy or calling no, no. Stylebender a pussy. They're not no, pussies. Young no, people. No, no. Listen, they're fighters. No, no. They're savages. They're both kind of counterfighters. And the shit just didn't work out. It was weird. Like it was, that's how I would describe the fight. It was very weird. Yeah. You know I, I, mean? I agree with that, but I, I wouldn't be mad or, 
Dana is trying to save face with Stylebender. He's the promoter. Sure. You know, he, he's got to keep this guy, you know, as shiny as possible right. to make money on the next one, you know? You're so Dana's going to get a pass. Right? Yeah, it wasn't just Style. It, yeah, he put it all on Yoel, and, it, and that wasn't the case. But and that's the fucking promoter. Here's the thing about Yoel that people don't also know. Yoel's sitting on $27 million he won in that settlement against that pharmaceutical company with the tainted supplements. Mm-hmm. He's one of the more richer fighters in the UFC. He's sitting on piles of cash. He's 42 dis- years old. I don't think so. Is he? Yeah. My, my understanding is he didn't get any of that money and, and very little oh. if he got anything already because that company just went belly up, right? Claim bankruptcy. They don't have that money to pay him and keep going. Oh, I don't think he's got much of any money thought, from that deal. I thought that he actually got it all paid to him like during oh, the camp shit. of this fight. I mean, I could let, be wrong. I want to look. Let's research it. that. Let's research that and come back to that one on the next podcast. I don't think so, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I mean, I could be too. Absolutely, I want to look into that. That's important to know. But either way, he's a forty-two-year-old beast of a man, and I don't. What I don't like about it as a fan watching Yoel is all that explosiveness that doesn't get used. And he's just sitting back. He threw a couple of like explosive knees at, at style bender to try to get him to engage but when two counterfighters fight it just bores the fuck out of me they're just yeah, like waiting it, and waiting and yeah i don't think i don't i didn't expect you to counter fight i thought he was going to explode in bunches more often yeah. but he he was just he was waiting and you know i think we were set up for the the fight to play out the way that it did after the first round uh, after a couple of minutes of non-action, when Israel might have felt the pressure to to make something happen, tried, and then you all thumped him. Mm-hmm. You all thumped him with that one. I think from there on, he's like, you know what? He sure <laughs> as fuck did. You absolutely nailed it. Stylebender tasted one and was like, fuck no. Nah, I'm cool with this. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm straight. I don't want another one of those motherfuckers. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, uh, yeah, so did you catch the part where Dan Mergliata gave them the the yeah. talking to before? I think it was before the third round, third or fourth round, where he was telling them, look, guys, this is a championship fight. Got to give them something to judge. Yeah. What did you think about that? Fair game? I, don't, I still don't know how I feel about it. I, I, I don't know how I feel. I'm not mad. I, I don't know because we're all sitting back pissed off because it was boring, and then he's trying to get them to do something, and then people are saying it's not his place. But I really don't know what his place is. I just don't know what the rule set says about him being able to do that or not to do that. So I'm indifferent to it. I, I don't I don't know. Yeah, here's the reason why I'm not mad at him about it is that he didn't say one or he didn't call one of them out. He said, Good gentlemen, point. Good point. Good point. both of you, this it's sucks ass for the fans. And yeah. I mean, so to me, I didn't really think it was that big of a deal, but I get it. You know, the fighters want him to shut his pie hole and uh, so i've seen a ref call a fight for timidity before it was a local in la i've seen a guy butt scoot you know like he was on like and they're like get up get up get up he just kept flopping to his butt and they waved off the fight due to timidity so i don't know if this maybe falls under that you know under that umbrella and he saw it and yeah i don't know i just i don't know enough to really have an opinion on that but i wasn't mad i wasn't mad at it like Again, these people are just looking for anything to be mad about. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't think there's any malicious in there. He didn't single anybody out. So as far as I'm concerned, they can eat dicks. That was just a big thing on Twitter. All these yeah. fuck faces that have never done anything and they're wanting a reason to bitch about the fight not being what they expected. Yeah, That's going to happen anything. too sometimes, guys. Like these fucking trolls. Every fight's not going to be a banger. And it's not right. that the fighters are pussies or that they're timid or they're dumb. There's a lot that goes into this. Hell, they 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 have a game plan that they work on for months. They're they're the highest level competing against the highest level. Yeah. Like it's going to be close. It's not always, you know. Go ahead and go ahead and take your drunk ass up into the octagon and watch an ass whooping because that won't will not be close. Yeah. But when you take guys who are closely ranked, you know, and and styles make matches. Sometimes you're going to get a snooze fest. Sometimes you're going to get a banger. It is it is what it is. This is the sport. Absolutely. All right, so we're moving on to uh, 249 that's coming up on uh, April 18th. Or is it? <laughs> well, Dana says he's 99.9% has the location locked down. So we'll, yep. we'll see I'm, how I'm, that goes. I'm hopeful for it. 
I think he's going to do it. I think he knows the importance. He sees the market opportunity. Like you just said, like to me, that's the biggest thing. People have no sports right now. People that don't even like fighting will tune in for this shit for a live sporting event to have something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something to, to weigh in on and watch competition. Yeah. They're, they're watching old boxing matches, old basketball games, like all, all the classic shit is coming back. People are dying for something live and current. Dude. Have you seen that the ESPN brought the Ocho back? They got dodgeball and shit back <laughs> on that they're re-airing no, all that crazy no. shit. No, I watch I watch YouTube a lot, and then uh, you know I've been being productive with my time and building up my business, and I haven't I haven't been on ESPN too much. Yeah, and I hate to sidetrack from that, but I've seen that with you, and, and we talk about how people can uh, find you in your area about real estate and questions. But I want to say this, even though it's off topic a little bit, this is a great time for people to develop their businesses. They don't realize, and to bring their business into this century and use technology and telecommunications and the ability to video chat, you know, people that are stuck on the old ways of business, which there's sometimes that those still work. I mean, I'm in business, you know, people talk about cold calls. I'm more, you know, there's a social part to selling now yep. and embracing this new technology. This is the time. Folks, you know, if you got some shit going on, learn this technology, become a, an expert at it, you know, and be able to use it to your advantage. It's the way of the future, regardless, you know, you absolutely, absolutely. And with nothing but time on your hands, they should be picking up a course. They should be learning some online programs. You can be developing it. Do those things you complain you never have time to do. Absolutely. People are always, been, I don't have time for that. Well, fucking and guess what? Right now getting nothing but time well that's why i did my let my last uncle randy video was a shout out to the moms that are also <laughs> being the homeschool teachers right now yes, sir. Yes, working sir. from home they're being savages so husbands that aren't picking up the ball and doing all the shit they hey honey i'll do that when i get time you better be checking that list off can't be a lazy fuck when mama's carrying the ball goddamn this is just for the married folks yeah i got to keep my mouth shut here because uh at 44 years old, I'm still single, never married, no kids, no no stress, no drama. And, you know, I really say I'm only as old as a girl I'm fucking. There and so, so I'm 20, I'm 26. So I'm, so I'm, I'm happy. I'm healthy. I'm good. I can't advise anybody on marriages and relationships on what they should be doing at home. Well, see, that's my that's my expertise. That's what me and the wife have the married as fuck podcast for. That's all we do. Talk about relationships. Um, we both have been divorced in the past and. You know, now we're champions. We can teach you how to make your marriage work. Goddamn hell. You can look nice us on our podcast. But I wanted to give a shout out to you, Vince. Your pizza game is top of the ah. top of the line. Goddamn. People need nice. to follow you on Instagram and check out your fucking pizza. It makes I'm, me I'm, hungry. Oh, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Tonight out of the podcast, I got my goddaughter, my niece coming through learning how to make dough from scratch as well so they can make pizza at home and then even you know, I've been making fresh loaves of bread in the morning, French rolls and bread loaves. And man, fresh is great. Yeah, fresh is great. And and, I, and I'm, I'm nothing special in the kitchen. But with YouTube, we're talking about technology again. You know, back in the day, you used to get a recipe handed down on some little scratch piece of paper and 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 try to make it the way it was supposed to. But now we have I have YouTube. I have the recipe right there. I can pause, stop, rewind, listen to the details, see what it's supposed to look like. Try it, try it, try it again. And then I'm also following one of the best is called a pizzaiolo, a pizzaiolo professional pizza maker, um, um, Vito Iacapelli, and he just breaks it all down and he's authentic as fuck. So, like jujitsu, I like to learn from the source. With pizza, I'm learning from a very authentic, really passionate guy about pizza, and those are the best people to learn from. So, thank you for that, Uncle Randy. I've, I've got a good buddy, Adam Simmons, who is a, a podcaster out of New Jersey. He's a he's a pizzaiolo, whatever the name he calls mm -hmm. him. You know, he's he's legit. Yeah. And uh, so I was wondering from you, pineapple on a pizza, yes or no? In your <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with it. I, I know that uh, I know that some people, you know, it's just a traditional thing, right? Like Vito says his thing, thing, no pineapple on the pizza, but he's being silly too. But yeah, the the old school, they no pineapple on the pizza. But I fucked up plenty of Hawaiian pizzas before, and uh, I might just make one tonight. Well, let me tell you, that's why my wife is a big fan of Jorge Masvidal. They share the love of the same pizza. Uh, pineapple and jalapeno. That's okay. His, that's his favorite pizza, and that's her favorite pizza. I didn't know that. Right on. Pineapple jalapeno. Okay, yeah. that's not a bad combo. Yeah, no, I'm gonna try good. that. 
that hot sweet, yeah, man, it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet, man, that's good. I, so I need to level up my my topping game. I've been so focused, you know, these last nine months, I guess, making the dough right and getting all those nailed in. I need to get my topping game built up. Man, how many shots is that already? I need to get. I need to get me a shot. Are you still drinking shots? Oh yeah. Hey, I got uh, me and the wife are recording after this. I got some Georgia moonshine, some apple pie oh, right shit. there too, son. Oh shit, dude! Uh, can that be shipped? That's how we get down. God damn. I don't <laughs> know if that'd be legal or not. I don't know. Oh uh, fuck it, we we'll all right. Get you some though. That Georgia <laughs> yeah. moonshine will put you on your ass. Hell, last time my uh, wife had some, we think that's the night she got pregnant with our last. Uh, damn, it's a party, son. Yeah. Every time. Last, I don't know if I had moonshine. I, w- I was in the, in the Navy summer circa 1996. I was down there in we we're in New Orleans, Louisiana area, Mississippi area. Yeah, we. We were in Meridian, Mississippi was where we pulled. No, Meridian was the A school. We were in Gulfport? Yeah. Where the fuck did we yeah. pull in Gulfport? Where the shipyards were. Anyway, we got to run around the south, and we stumbled into this bar, and they had uh, cherries soaked in 151. Yes, and uh, holy shit. Like, we got drunk off of cherries. Oh, yeah. It'll, it'll put you on your ass, goddamn. That's where's 151 uh, in comparison to what you're drinking there? Yeah, it's about the same. It's strong. That's about, that's about right it's almost uh, ever clear you know ever yeah clear, exactly ever clear you could put it in your car and run your motor for a little bit yeah <laughs> whatever yeah you guys don't fuck around in the south huh no hell no and part yeah. of our show on married af is we do a shot before it starts and i try to okay. give my wife the worst strongest shot just to get her reaction kind of part that's of what right. we've always done so she's i'm gonna check it out it. But so on UFC 249, I'm going to start on the pre. The only fight on the prelim I'm really interested in is Uriah Hall and uh, Jacare. What do you think okay. of that matchup? I like that matchup. Yeah. Um, so I like Uriah Hall. I've been a fan of his since he kicked that dude in the mouth on the Ultimate Fighter. And it looks like he sent him to his death, right? <laughs> like where he spun around and knocked his head off. Like I've been a fan of his since then. But, you know, since then, we've seen that Uriah is hot and cold. And he's even admitted this openly plenty of times. He is a head case. He, he can be getting his ass whooped for an entire round, and he's just taking it until he tells himself, let's go, buckle down, get off there. And then he does. But it's not always guaranteed that he's going to do that and say that and have that reaction. And so I can never put my money on, on Uriah Hall in a fight. Uh, if we're making picks right now, I got to go with Jacare. It is, it is so hard with Uriah. I've said this since the Ultimate Fighter as well. I think he's the most dynamic. He has more tools or as many as, as John Jones, as many. I mean, he's as good when he's good. He's badass. Anybody on earth, but when he doesn't kick it into gear or whatever he says, you know, where he's not right, he can get beat by guys that shouldn't beat him, which is the hard part, like you're saying, to put money on him. I totally get what you're saying, but I'm taking Uriah. I just got a feeling. Cool. I'm with you, but we'll see. This could be one where you make up some uh, that wiggle room. <laughs> yeah, I'll take Jacare on the ground. He's not. I don't oh, think he, he shouldn't be standing in front of. Uh, he shouldn't be standing in front of him. He's going to get fucked up if he does. He needs to get in on a clinch and a takedown, and and then it's over. God, Jacare, is there another guy that's been an eternal contender for a belt? As he, I mean, he's always in contention for a belt. That dude's a. He's a threat, right? He, he he's he's a crazy threat, and as soon as he stops falling in love with you know punching and, and get back down to what he's the best at, then he'll win. He gets your eye to the to the floor. It's over. What is that? What do you think that is? Guys that are jujitsu oh. aces, and do you think it's that they did it so much, and then they get the taste of something new throwing those hands that they just don't want to go back to what they've done for twenty oh. years? There, there, there's nothing like knocking somebody out. There's nothing like just cracking somebody and they get shut off and you walk away. There's nothing beats a knockout. Yeah, you, you can crack somebody. You, you can hyperextend somebody's elbow, choke somebody to sleep. Nothing feels better than cracking a man in the mouth and him dropping. And I think that's that's and the way the fans react to it. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a drug. God, man, I don't know, man. And I guess it's just because. You know, I've trained it. I love the jujitsu game of watching it. Like, you know, it's it's one of my favorite things. I mean, I love a knockout as much as anybody, but I also enjoy those guys that are just magicians with their transition. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. Uh, 
can can find a submission out of nowhere and fucking oh yeah just make it happen. I, i'd still rather knock somebody out than choke them out well so this brings me to another thing got to backtrack a little bit what'd you think about old uh kevin lee's uh fight mm, I mean, just yeah lost. i think yeah he was fucked up ahead of time right because he didn't make weight so he, he you know he, he messed like george moswell called said he fucked up their bitch move number one um and then whatever whatever um complications he was having for making weight i feel like carried over into the fight because he didn't have a gas tank the second half of the fight and he was getting pieced up he he was losing that fight for sure yeah he was also what did you think about the tap and then wrestle i think he was out i think jorge went a little hard on him with that yeah. i've been choked out and you're in a fucking dreamland in between going out and, and and right after you come back when you come back you don't have all your wits about you Hell you no. just you don't have your wits about you yeah I've done, yeah, for sure. I remember one time I almost passed out in the sauna and I woke up slumped over with my hand touching some dude's stomach. Like, I didn't know how I got there. I was like, what the fuck? But I, but I, I passed out a little bit. And so I give him a pass on that. He's not a bad guy. No, but I do remember, I've been choked out as well uh, in class, in jujitsu, wrestling a new guy that was cock strong as hell, diesel, <laughs> choked me out with like a playground not even really a bulldog choke. It was almost more of like a, I don't know. It was just like when you're a kid, like just one of those weird. Chokes. Just has to work. Just and has I, to work. And I was trying to uh, fight the hands, right? And get the, and the, boom, gone. And I remember coming to, and my coach talking to me, trying to tell me that I was out. And all I could hear was like, wah, 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 yeah. wah. You know, yeah. trying to come to. So I'm with you. I said the same thing. I know Rogan and, uh, well, no, Shab. Shab also went hard on Lee and was like, oh, that's a bullshit move trying to wrestle after he tapped. I said, I don't think he even knew he tapped. Like, it was probably as he was going out. And then, hell, next thing he knows, he's still on a guy, and he's just trying to get on him and smother him. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I don't. I don't respond to anything Brendan Schaub has to say. I think he's another dipshit. So fuck, I could not care any less about what Brendan Schaub what has to say. To <laughs> he's a fucking clown face. Uh, he's not funny. He's funny when he doesn't mean to be, and he's not funny on stage. Never. Funny That's for on sure. Stage. I've said he's that. not funny on stage. Dude, I, I <laughs> just can't respect the the how he got the hookup into comedy. I'll just never be able to buy it. You know, like and when he's hanging out with Rogan and Callen and all these real comedians, I'm like fuck man and well he said he wanted to be you know I, i've heard him say he yeah. he wanted to be a comedian way before he was a fighter and so because of his success in fighting and his relationship with joe man he got the end he got the end him and brian Callen, like good for him and all his success i'm never shitting on anybody's success happy for that but i just don't put any value into anything he has to say no and i just don't see how he's so bad about what he says about fighters and shit being that he was such a competitive high level fighter. And then now like some of the stuff he says about fighters is some shit that Twitter trolls say, like it kills yeah. me. I don't get it. Uh, but I, I think, you know, we need to consider his position and you know, he needs clicks. He needs likes. He needs, you have to be shocking, right? Like everything these guys do is calculated. And so he knows what he's doing having an opinion whether it's a popular one or not you have to have one in their industry and I, I just think that that's what that might be all right fair point all right so then we got jeremy stevens and uh Ooh, little guitar yeah or cater whichever way you pronounce yeah. it uh, yeah i never i can't ever go against the little heathen and i know he's been on a little bit of a skid but that fucker brings it every fucking time yeah, he's 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 awesome to watch. I'll always watch him. Um, before we make our pick, see, this is on the 18th, right? So we'll get together before this. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold back my opinion because I need to do some investigation to see sure. how both camps are going. You know, I don't know anything about their injuries, where they're at right now. I like Calvin Qatar. Um, I like them both actually. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I need to look at their physical attributes and different styles a little bit more before I give it an, an informed opinion on this one or my choice on this one. All right. Well, I say we just do that. By the schedule, we should be back one time before the fights. We'll make our official picks then. Cool. We'll just kind of discuss them right now. And they're really the only other, really the two uh, big ones. You got Andrade and Rose, and then you got Khabib and Tony. Yeah. I, I don't see uh, – Rose and Jessica's fight going any differently than the first one, except 
for that slam takedown. I think Rose is just going to continue to pick her off where she left off last time. I, I, yeah, I don't even know if Jessica gets out of the first round on this one. Yeah. And I, I don't remember. I remember being when that slam happened and wondering about its legality. And I'm, this is just me being honest. I don't know the exact yeah, rule I thought, because I thought the same thing. having been a wrestler, you know, there's rules about how high you can slam somebody down and from where. Did you? Do you have any idea? Like, was that even a an issue? Like, it didn't seem like that it was anywhere out of the rules, but it just looked like it caught my attention. It threw my. Yeah, I felt the same way. I'd have to look at the rule set for that jurisdiction when they had it. Um, I know that there were other Brazilians who said that's an illegal fucking throw. That's an illegal takedown on any uh, anywhere. Like she dumped her on her head. You yeah. can't spike somebody on her head. Yeah, well, I mean that's how. I'm and so too. I think it was illegal. Um, it didn't get called there. No, we brought it up after the fact. Um, I think it was an illegal. But so I guess the gray area was is that um, Rose could have let go yeah, and she could have, she could have defended herself, but she, she chose, she chose to hold on to that. So that's her fault. And so maybe that, you know, as it happened on the fly, maybe that had something to do with it, but that's the way I remember it. I thought it was illegal, but uh, it might not have been illegal if Rose let go of the hold and either came off or braced herself or done whatever. Mm -hmm. So Rose was a little bit to blame for that. See, and I've always had a real, a, a terrible affinity for watching those uh, high slams because in one of our local fights that we did for Extreme Combat International, it's a little southeastern, uh, you know, they put on events like in Alabama, Georgia, you know, small back in the day. And one guy was fighting. He got slammed from up high. And he was getting thrown down. So, of course, he posted up, blew his elbow out the other side, you know, snapped mm. his arm folded backwards yeah yeah literally like the back of his hand touched his shoulder because it just yeah. rolled it back and flipped it it was disgusting and that that always scares me too but it's kind of like a no-win situation you need to go flat onto your head or or try to brace up and blow your elbow out so or make the decision earlier to let go right yeah, like they're they could have could have bailed out of the submission a long time ago you know you, you got to get rid of it if it's not going to work out and i don't think she's going to make that mistake again yeah, and uh, shout out to uh, Pat Berry. I love that guy, man. And uh, God bless, was there ever one of the guys that had some of the hardest looking kicks? Uh, Rosie, oh. uh, fiance, Pat Berry, former beast in the UFC. That guy could kick. His legs are so big. It was just. Yeah, yeah, something special for sure. It's it's an odd pairing, him and Rose. He's a big dude. She's a little girl. All right, yeah, yeah. cool. <laughs> and she seems to wear the pants, which is, is awesome to me. Their relationship well, seems cool, you know, like. Well, she got it, know. you know. Shit, she got what he wants. Yep. All right, and then, so <laughs> we got Khabib and Tony. Uh huh. Uh, this fight is, to me, one of the most important fight. Not only has it had the natural buildup of being of falling out four or five times, uh, it's also the one guy I truly think c can beat Khabib. That doesn't mean I'm taking Tony. We're not gonna make mm -hmm. those picks yet. I'm still mm -hmm. not even sure. Mm -hmm. But Tony could absolutely beat Khabib, in my opinion. What do you think? So I agree with that. Tony can beat Khabib. I don't think he's the only one who can. I got my money on Justin Gaethje down the line yeah. uh, with, with the anti-wrestling and just the, the like, Savage. Khabib's been touched. Khabib's been touched before. You know, Justin could touch him and can hurt him. But on this fight, yeah, I like Tony's cardio. I like that he's he does get hit a lot. He's a zombie, but... If he's close and he gets hit, then he can be close enough to, to, to grapple with Khabib, and and I like his chances on the ground. You know, he's working with the, you know, the 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 Moon guy, you know, Eddie Bravo and shit, and they always have. And that guy is crazy in a great way, thinking about things and strategizing and coming up. So, I, I think it's got a good chance. It's gonna be a great fight. I like a lot of what Tony brings to the table, except for him speaking. Mm -hmm. I'm all for it. Yeah, as long as he doesn't speak. <laughs> well so do you can you recall anybody that has a more offensive guard than tony because he's one of my top five offensive guards in history because he can cut you with elbows from the bottom anthony pettis he's rolling from the bottom at all times he's going to be flipping rolling trying mm -hmm. to grab a leg like you're never safe and khabib loves to be on so it's just interesting to me that you got a guy yeah. that loves to be on top 
a guy that doesn't mind being on the bottom, that's going to be trying to cut you from the bottom, which Tony, yeah. you're going to get cut when you fight Tony. If it's a real fight, you get cut. His elbows yep. are razors. Well, yeah, he he's talking about sharpening them all the time, right? And he's going to throw them. So yeah, it's a yeah. I'm I'm excited for it. I hope Dana pulls it off. I don't know who's you know, I, man. I couldn't tell you now or yeah. before we need to make our picks. Who's going to win? But uh, I'll come up with something. Well, has Khabib ever even been cut? I don't remember him ever even being cut in a fight or seeing him bleed his own blood. And I feel like it's going to be very Ivan Drago ish when he gets cut for the first time. You know, where he's like, "Holy shit!" So when Khabib takes people down and smashing them, he doesn't take them down like Tito Ortiz and smash them from the guard. Mm -hmm. He's always taking them down from like the back and he's trapping their wrists and he's beating the shit out of them from the back where there's not a lot of, you know, opportunity for elbows there. So it's not just, you know, Tony flat on his, that's not generally where he does his best work. He's, he's, he's got you from the back and he's, you He's up. beating on your ears and shit, like yeah. the side, which is terrible. Anybody that thinks getting hit in the ear doesn't hurt, you're full of shit. Getting yeah. hit in the ears sucks ass. Yeah, let me hit you in the ear. Yeah, I know. People are like, oh, those aren't glancing blow. I'm like, bitch, that's hitting him square in the ear hole. That hurts like a motherfucker. I don't want anybody hitting me in the face, the nose, the ear, anywhere. Like, it all hurts. Yeah, Shut up. They don't give enough respect, like guys, when they block a high kick. That hurts so bad on your arm. <laughs> they think that that's a nothing. Dude, oh, he blocked it. <laughs> Forrest Griffin got his forearm snapped blocking a head kick. His forearm yeah. is still crooked. Like yeah. That shit hurts very bad. Everything these guys do is painful. Everything. You got to give them props. That's why they're, I'm never going to go like negative on a fighter and call him a pussy or anything like that wow. because, I mean, everything hurts. <laughs> they're fucking beasts. But here's what I yeah. think about. Khabib, because you're absolutely right. He likes to, he'll ride you from behind, drag you down, lay on your back, beat on your ears and shit like over and over and just make it to where, even as a fan, I remember when he was fighting Michael Johnson and I was begging Michael Johnson to quit. Like I was like, dude, please just quit. And Khabib even said, give up, please give up. I don't want to hurt you anymore. Yeah. But Tony's going to roll from that position. I think. I mean, we'll have to see if. We'll see if he can, right? Listen to Dustin Poirier on the UFC podcast, just maybe just released today. You know, he says, uh, uh, Khabib wasn't as strong as I thought he was. Dustin actually thought that he was stronger. But what he was impressed by is his pressure, is knowing where to put you, knowing where to put the weight. Like the pressure and the balance was unlike anything he's felt before. And I've rolled with black belts who have insane pressure, and that is – um, it smothering. sucks. It's it fucking sucks. It it really discourages you. It's like ah, and you can't make a move because then you're deeper and under more and more and now throwing punches. Like, yeah, it, it's it's going to be a tough time. Yeah, that's a great point. People don't know either that uh, it's not all about the just brute strength. People have the ability to spread their weight in a way. That is just an offensive weapon, like you're saying. These guys that know how to smother you, and they can put all their weight on you, and you're absolutely defenseless. It is a helpless feeling, like you're describing, when somebody knows how to how to use their weight properly. And from you know, for DC, Kane Velasquez, and all them to say, Khabib's never lost a round in their gym. Guy's got to be a beast, if that's the yeah, point. yeah. And it's probably why I'll uh, take him. <laughs> in the fight he just I hasn't lost yet I actually just can't wait for that fight but man there's not two guys I would rather hear talk less than those two guys like <laughs> uh, I'm okay with Khabib but I do not want to hear Ferguson he just fucking rambles on nonsensical he he doesn't he makes no sense when he talks what he says how he interjects his insults well did you hear him tell Khabib to take his glasses off and he didn't even have on glasses Tony was wearing glasses, talking to Khabib, and he told Khabib to take his glasses off. Khabib wasn't even wearing glasses. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, I th- really, man, it's I hate El to say Kukui, this. I think, man. I, I think Tony's done drugs. I think he's, I think he's done a little bit too much crystal meth in his life. I think he's fucking tweaked out. Dude, but what about his weird training methods? Yeah, like I said, I think he's tweaked <laughs> out. That's some, that's some tweaker shit, man. He's building, he's building his own gym. He's running on some crazy thing. He's doing dumb shit. He that's that man. 
I think he's a former tweaker. But it translates into his fights, though. You see him do some of that crazy shit in his fights. It's so weird. He's a man, he's such an anomaly, dude. And I think yeah. you got to have those guys. As much as people sure. you know, poke fun at Tony, nobody really wants to fight him. They'll, they give him shit. But when you fight, everyone that's ever had to fight Tony has been through hell. Yeah, he's a big guy. Cardio for days. Unpredictable. You know, that's hard. That's hard to deal with, right? It's hard to deal with somebody, you know, if, you, if you're sparring with somebody and you're sparring with somebody who's brand new, sometimes they're a little bit harder to spar than somebody knows what For they're sure. doing. Because like, oh, man, what the fuck are you doing? You're not supposed to do it like that. And yeah. it's awkward. And, and now here's one of the highest level guys who is awkward and, and zombie-like can take your shit and keep coming. Well, so out there, this will be the last thing. We'll wrap up on this and go into the Vince, Vince's uh, what the fuck moment. What but out in your fuck? area, do you see many of the Tenth uh, Planet guys competing in shit and jujitsu tournaments and stuff? Uh, they don't compete in IBJJF tournaments. They they kind of all flock towards uh, the EBI and then any like. So uh, Gracie Academy has a um, a sub only tournament. I've seen them compete in that, but they don't compete in IBJJF. Why don't they? I didn't know that, but that's interesting. Just they don't like rule set, r- rule set culture, right? They're they're in the no gi. Um, they like to reap the legs. They like to do a lot of leg work and stuff. So yeah, that's why I guess. Mo- yeah, they just do not compete IBJJF. Hmm. It's like a big divide: gi, yeah, no gi. Sure. You know, tenth uh, planet and, and everything else. And yeah, I, I've grappled a lot of those guys, and they're flexible as hell, and it's different, and it's cool, and I like it. Yeah. All right, so let's go into this. Uh, Vince's what the fuck segment. I want to hear what this first one's going to be. What do we got, Vince? Yeah, yeah. What the fuck is up with Conor McGregor uh, going out there and begging his countrymen to go on lockdown? And here's all that I mean by this. He's a fucking fighter. He's not a politician. He. What information does Conor McGregor have to go out there and to tell all his people that we need to go on lockdown? I don't know if you hey, did. You yes. see this? Oh, yeah. The Mac Live released yeah. it today. You know, he's out there telling them they need to go on lockdown. We have the advantage. We got to do X, Y, and Z. He's telling the president, and I don't know what, you know, if the minister of defense or what they're called. He's telling all these high-level people what they need to do, and he's calling his countrymen to do it. He's a fucking fighter. If if, if maybe they came to him and said, Connor, um, we need you to put this out there. This is what we're going to do and use his platform. Okay. To get his minions to follow along. Okay. But he's out there telling everybody what needs to be done, and he's a uh, a former plumber's apprentice who has fought for the last five years and made millions and millions of dollars. He's not a politician. He's not a a health um, professional. He's not an infectious disease specialist. He needs to shut the fuck up. And any of his people who say we need to go on lockdown because Conor McGregor says you're a fucking idiot. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't know, man. I agree. I didn't have no idea you were going to use that, but that's fucking hilarious. And he's not the most, uh, you know, highest moral ground guy to be out there calling for people to, uh, you know, change their ways. Hell, that's, uh, he's throwing stones in a damn glass house for fuck. Hell, he's got more paternity suits out there on his ass than anybody. Yeah. Anybody should be Maybe that's what he wants. Should be his Maybe that's what he wants. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, down he wants his accusers to be locked down so they don't go fucking, so they can't go to court, so they can't, you know, uh, put any more shit out there on him. But yeah, I, it's, it's the same thing for me when, you know, um, actors get up at the Academy Awards and the Golden Globes and they get up there and they make these philosophical wow. speeches. And it's like in, in the political speeches, like, stop. You're, what information do you have? How much yeah. time do you have to study these things, the impacts, the consequences? You, you're just listening to CNN, Fox, or reading a couple of things yep. your own and you're out there talking like you know and you don't know shit. I don't know shit, but I'm not out there telling people what to do either. Yep. No, it drives me nuts, man. I think and most Americans are so fed up with it. That's why those award shows don't do dick for ratings anymore and shit. We're pretty sick and tired of people on their soapboxes. Uh, you get off talking, your soapbox. Talking down to us and shit. Like, you know, just be straight up and be real with us and be honest because they would throw their fucking issue of the day right down the shitter if it meant they had a new movie that would come out. So, you know, yeah. spare me on yeah. your fucking uh, moral high grounds. Well, that's it for me, man. I think we got it wrapped up. This episode of uh, Throwing Smoke, let's tell them how they can uh, reach us. And like I said, you need to be following uh, Vince on Instagram and Twitter. How can they uh, reach out to you? So on IG, uh, I'm at the V Ramos method. 
you can you can actually just plug that hashtag into Google and I'll be found there. On Instagram, I'm at L I L B I G V I N C E Little Big Vince. My dad is Big Vince, but he's short. I'm Little Vince, and I'm big, so I'm Little Big Vince. So that's where I can be found. Check 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 me out for my uh, pizza coming up tonight. Absolutely, and I'm Uncle Randy. Goddamn, you can find me on uh, Married as Fuck on Twitter or uh, Married AF Podcast on Instagram. And uh, me and Vince will be back every two weeks, so we will be back one more time before UFC 249. Um, leave us comments, ask some questions uh, any way you want. You can hit us at Smoke Throwing on Twitter. You can send the messages there. You can send them to me on the uh, Married AF Podcast Instagram. Or you can follow Vince, DM him the questions too. If you got a question you want asked on the show, we'll we'll answer it every time. And we'll give you a shout out on the show. Yes, Anything sir. Else, Vince, I'm good, brother. No, sir. Stay safe. Take care of the family. Absolutely, See you soon. Absolutely, man. You too, man. And I'll be uh, checking in on that pizza. Yes, sir. Coming up. All right, brother. See ya. All right. Yes, sir. Later.